when you are reaching out to someone on the phone, it's really important to actually understand the why you, why now, have an actual reason and a plan behind the call, make a pattern interrupt and let them know why it is that you're calling and be really well researched and be able to engage with context. Are you a consulting business owner seeking a better way to scale to your next million in revenue? Accelerate Sales Podcast features other experts who have cracked the code to predictable revenues with proven sales systems that quickly increase revenue and get you on the fast track back to doing what you do best. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. You're going to learn three key things from our wonderful guest, Today, one is how to use public data to accelerate your sales, probably a topic you haven't really thought about before. The second is what is a trigger event and how can you leverage those? And the third thing is combo prospecting. It's a mentor of his mentioned it, but he goes into detail and it might actually get you picking up the phone, believe it or not. So a wonderful key uh, area of opportunity for you. So Welcome. If you're a new person to the podcast, great to have you here. And if you love what you hear from the guest and from me with my solos, why not subscribe? And if you're a regular, really appreciate all those iTunes reviews I get. If you haven't had the chance to to leave one, please do. It helps other people find this podcast and it improves the quality of guests for you. So welcome to Take Notes. Right, but we do do a summary, and in here in particular, there's so many uh, products mentioned. We'll have all the links in those notes within the app that you're listening to at the moment, and also you can go and ask for the transcript at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast, and um, you can get those there. So a little bit more about our guest before we kick off. So he's been at the front end of sales for quite some time, and he's very, very good at combining a hybrid of the people part of skills of sales and also the technology. And I think he gives a brilliant example. And he actually found a gap where there was all this public information. And let's say, for example, there was a job change, right? You know, that may not seem important, but if you're trying to sell into a company where you're looking for a new fresh set of eyes or a new fresh set of ears, I should say, wouldn't it be wonderful to get triggered i.e. get told about that event. And that's what this software does. It's absolutely brilliant. I use it myself and I highly recommend you listen to Tom Riley from Trigger, which is T-R-I-G-G-R dot A-I to see if it's going to be right for you. Welcome, Tom. So great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, I know we've spoken several times and I really love the topic that you're going to talk about today, but also what you've developed as a as a solution for that as well. But why don't we kick off with, you know, who makes a perfect client for you? Yeah, absolutely. So for Trigger, um, one of the big things that we sort of promote to our clients is really understanding not only your ideal customer, but also your buyer personas. So if we don't have a good understanding of our own clients, then we can't really preach that to, to our clients. Yes. So Um, The ideal customer for us, I would say, is a software vendor um, and they have meaningful integrations into other vendors um, because that can be used as a good trigger event. They also have a strong understanding of their own ideal customer profiles and they've done extensive research around their buyer personas and also what, uh, what purchasing decisions these buying 
um, personas are going to be driven by. Um, they have a forward-thinking VP of sales. Um, they sell across the mid-market and enterprise. Uh, they understand the value of SDRs and prospecting in general. Um, I personally believe that opening is the new closing. Um, and they're looking to get an edge over the competition. Uh, in terms of their technology stack, so they generally have a very modern technology stack when it comes to sales. So we're talking from CRM, we're looking at things like Salesforce um, Dynamics. Um, they generally will have an ABM tool installed, so um, an account-based marketing tool. So this is things like Sixth Sense, um, Bombora, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll generally use cadence tools. So the ones that we primarily see within our clients are things like Sales Loft or Outreach. Yep. And then they also use sales analytics tools. So things like Gong.io and Chorus. Yep. And for their internal comms, they're either on Slack um, or Teams, but we're leaning more so towards Slack. Um, they have a focus on growth. So they're growing month on month. Um, they're always hiring within their sales team. And they're looking to get more out of every rep and ramp them faster and faster. So that's kind of the ideal client that we're looking at as as a company. Fantastic. And we'll put all the links to everyone watching or listening now. We'll put the links in the show because I know Tom's going to mention uh, lots lots of them. And, and look, I did a bit of an introduction at the start around what Trigger is, uh, T-R-I-G-G. Uh, the, the yep. sales way, yep. Yep, correct, .ai. But what I do explain, so if you explain the ideal client, which is great, but maybe explain some of the problems that they, ha- they have and then how Trigger helps solve that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Trigger solves a really simple problem for sales teams. Essentially, our goal as a company is to help sales teams engage with the right people at the right time with the right context. And we do that, of course, by scouring the web for public information and letting our clients know when there's a change in attributes that are important to their sales team. Great. So let's uh, pull out a couple of examples. Would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So a a really simple example, let's say I'm an SDR, I'm working for for Salesforce. Um, Any any customer that um, has used our product in the past and that's been an evangelist, If they move into a new account, that's a trigger event for me to follow them in there. Um, So that's the kind of thing that our platform would notify them of. Um, Another prime example um, is on the technology install front. Let's say I'm selling a HR solution that integrates into Workday um, and we have a really strong integration and it's our big value prop. Anytime a company installs Workday and starts using with Workday, um, I'll want to know about it. So Trigger can send you notifications around that. It's essentially um, anything that's important to your business that can be found on the public web. Um, our platform will notify you of it and send you through the contact details of the relevant person at the company for which the event occurs. Great. And, and when you say the public web, like, you know, is, have you seen a, an increase in the amount of information shared like this? Is it, you know, is it getting greater and greater over time? Has it always been there, but there hasn't been the right tools to help uh, extract it? Well, public web data has always been there, but year on year, there's, in terms of data growth on the internet, so 98% of all the data that exists on the internet has been posted in the past two years. So when you think about that um, and where we're going going forward, there's going to be more and more data that's readily accessible um, to be accessed that's publicly available. Um So over the past uh, sort of couple of years, there's been a big focus on sort of using things like uh, technographics and hiring descriptions and um, different ABM tools that are able to predict uh, intent based off blog researches and um, uh, 
monitoring people visiting your website and things like that. So there's a whole lot more data that's readily accessible now and going forward, there's going to be more and more. So um, it's something that's always exists, but not to the extent that it does today. Yeah, and you mentioned before about, um, you know, you think the SDR's role is going to become more and more important. What what did you mean by that? Yeah, so um, at the moment, what we've seen and what research suggests is that companies um, are having a big problem generating pipeline at the moment, um, with many organisations moving through to the idea of sort of um, taking an outbound philosophy. Um, there's been sort of a lack of pipeline generation amongst SDR teams, um, no one's picking up the phone and, and we see it c- consistently. Um, all of the, the sales leaders that we're chatting to are trying to grow more pipeline and are putting more emphasis on the SDR role in general. Yeah, and, and do you see, so, you know, obviously the inbound, um, you know, and uh, HubSpot, et cetera, that have been famous for that. Do you, do you think that that is not working or do you think that it, that it you know, this is incremental activity to what the um, what's happening from an inbound perspective. Well, it's definitely working, and um, inbound is definitely something that's here to stay. But um, it's one of the things that we talk about internally. When you look at sales channels, they're constantly ebbing and flowing based off the amount of attention that they're getting. And I think at the moment, the phone is just incredibly underutilized, yeah. and so it's become an even more powerful tool for. SDRs and companies to use and probably the most powerful tool at the moment. Um, so if I could give one piece of advice today, it's get on the phone. Yeah, and uh, when you say phone, is that, you know, voice? Uh, so is it direct communication, voice messages, SMS? Uh, what do you sort of mean by get on the phone? more? Um, I'd say it's a combination of both. So uh, one of our advisors to our business, um, Tony Hughes, recommends a methodology called combo prospecting, um, which is a combination of touch points across phone, email, and um, text, and LinkedIn, of course. Um, But I would say the number one thing that you should be doing, obviously, is getting them on the phone if you possibly can. Um, Second to that, obviously, a good voicemail and trying and trying again to actually get them. Um, Pattern interrupts are really important when going down this process. And having context to start the conversation, and I don't want to plug our product too much, but when you are reaching out to someone on the phone, it's really important to actually understand the why you, why now. So have an actual reason and a plan behind the call, make a pattern interrupt and let them know why it is that you're calling and be really well-researched and be able to engage with context. Um, so yeah, I would say the actual getting them on the phone is the most important part. Having good data in, in it, being able to do that, use a good sales intelligence tool. So the common ones are Trigger, of course, um, but you can use things like uh, Lucia or Zoom Info or any other tool like that. And then email, um, I would say that email is probably the least powerful channel for us at the moment. However, when we do do email, a lot of what we are doing is um, focusing on video email. So we use a tool called Vidyard. Um, where we're actually able to basically reach out with the same context that we would if we were on the phone, but it's a little bit more personalised because it's a video. Um, And we use the uh, trigger events within the platform to add the context to both the emails and the calls. Right. And and are they, you know, a custom video each time or do you have templated ones? Just tell us a little bit more around those videos in in EMA. Yeah, so... um, it's, it's kind of changed over time. So back when I was running founder-led sales for the business, um, we needed to do a lot of automation because my role was pretty multifaceted because I was 
building, working on the product, working on the marketing, and then also trying to do the sales. So what we would do is uh, with the trigger events that would come through, we would build out automation with the emails that come off the back of it. And so I would create a video and it might be, so a new VP of sales has started within one of our target ICP accounts. And so I would create an automated video that is me saying, hey, congratulations on the new role, blah, 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 blah. So it was custom made specifically to the trigger event that had happened, but it was automatically sent out. Now, these days we have a larger sales team, we have VP of sales, we have sales reps working for us, and they're able to actually sort of custom make the videos as they go for each individual prospect. But um, back in the day, it was sort of more of an automated process. And and, in any... um learnings on time like you know is it a 30 second a minute two minutes like you know any sweet spot and any analytics that you've pulled to to help us yeah i would say short and sweet and to the point um so generally i would say less than 30 seconds is the way to go the one thing that i will mention is that during outreach don't ask too many questions um especially when you are on the phone um you should have done quite a bit of research. So it should be straight to the point. Here's why I'm calling. So in the example that I gave, you've started a new role. I think I can help your sales team ramp faster. Let's have a conversation. Um, And that's the kind of thing that executives respect over sort of those long rambling sort of, hey, this is what our product does, blah, blah, blah. They don't care. What problem can you help me solve? And how can we do it quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, what does that normally throw to? Have you got like a, a link to a scheduler or do you, you know, how do you do that next part of, of once they've viewed the video? So my VP of sales and myself have had differing opinions around schedulers. He's a big fan of them. I actually find them to be quite impersonal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't included schedulers in any of the emails that I've sent out historically, but he uses them to some success. So I'm kind of a little bit indifferent on that front but um i think as long as the message is good getting a reply from someone can be the way to go but i will generally when i send a big yard it's because i can't get them on the phone i may have called two or three times and then i'll generally follow up the big yards with calls and linkedin and um even even on the automation side of things like back in the day when we first started i would automate profile visits um so we used a tool called um phantom buster in conjunction with all of our trigger events to go and sort of automate touches so that um, these VPs of sales that have changed roles know that I'm looking at them, they've got my email, they've got my voicemails and just constant touches to let them know that I'm there. Um, Those kind of things tend to work well for me for getting responses and actually then getting them on the phone. Yeah, look, I think it's really important. It depends on, you know, what uh, value or ticket uh, sale uh, but I know, you know, we always do a pre-engagement routine. So, you know, it's, you know, it's it's far as, you know, it might be comment on their blogs, their posts, likes, you know, skills, you can use some automation. You know, we use Link to Helper too. So, yes. yeah, there are ways to do that. And you're right, right? The, um, you know, people talk about multiple touch points, but I think it's creating that awareness so you are different from everyone else that's uh, sadly spamming them. Uh, in in a way that's not great and and you talk about now we've talked a lot about trigger we've talked about these events but how does it work like is it built into your sales crm is it separate like just give us a little bit of a picture as to uh how uh, i'd receive one of these events yeah absolutely so it's a standalone SaaS tool um so essentially you sign up to a subscription on the platform um it connects into multiple different systems so we currently have live integrations into hubspot uh salesforce slack and outreach so you can choose to receive the notifications where your team works so it could be 
if you're on Salesforce, you'll get the notification on Salesforce. Um, it plugs into the lead router, so it'll go directly to the responsible rep. So um, with the example we talked about before, there might be a role change within um, your ICP, within your buyer persona. So for us, a new VP of sales starts, um, Trigger will recognize that that has happened and then it will send through the contact details of the correct person to whatever system you set it up to. So it could be that your team wants to receive these notifications on Slack. Um, and in many cases, um, our, our, our customers actually do do that because they find it a fun interactive way to get the leads through. Um, but most commonly we see it um, come through the CRM system. So it's directly uh, passed through to the lead owner and then they're able to report on that. Yeah, and I'm sure like, uh, you know, a lot of my clients that I work with, it's, you know, w which platforms do we go with when, right? Because there's so many of them out there. But what sort of scale are you adding new platforms to that that list? So I'm a big fan of integrations. I think that in building integrations into a SaaS product is essentially building a moat around your business. Yes. And becoming a critical part of a technology stack is the most important thing we can do. So um, we're constantly adding new integrations. So we do have a Zapier integration as well, um, which is something that we wanted to get going as soon as possible. And um, because in the early days, we used to use a technology stack that I would refer to as the Franken stack, which is essentially taking a whole bunch of third-party apps and connecting them together through either a Zapier or a Tray or whatever. So we wanted people to be able to do that despite the fact we didn't have our integrations built. Yes. Um, but yeah, we have many, many different integrations planned on the horizon. Um, but I'm not going to go into detail around them, but they're mostly around sort of cadence, ABM tools, CRM systems, things like yeah, that. Yeah, and you can have your vote by reaching out to Tom, right? So you will listen to this, <laughs> mention this podcast, and uh, maybe it might influence Tom a little. And you talked about events, so you know one of the events was a role change, but what you know what's the eighty twenty? What what are the the major events that um, that uh, you know causes causes a trigger? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, trigger events in sales. So when when people think about trigger events, so they generally just think about trigger events holistically. Um, but trigger events are not created equal, right? Like if you are a like the HR example, if you're selling a HR solution into HR directors and you're looking for companies that start to use Workday, that's a trigger event for you. But if you're selling a marketing automation platform into the SMB, it's not a trigger event for that person. Yes. Um, so not all trigger events are created equal and it's important to look at not only the trigger event, but also the attributes of a trigger event as it happened. So if we take a look at the really simple example of uh, following customers into new accounts, um, the messaging that we send through to, a, to a, um, a customer that moves into a new account can change based off the attributes of the company that they move into. So do they now use Salesforce CRM? Do they use Microsoft Dynamics, do they have outreach installed? And you can actually tailor your messaging with the right context based off the attributes around a trigger event as well. Um, and that's something that's often overlooked by sales team and should be definitely included within their trigger event strategy is what are the attributes of a company for which this trigger event occurs and how can we use those attributes to be uh, more succinct in our messaging when we reach out? Yeah, fan fantastic. And, um, you know, you... Where, where do you see this going? What, like, you know, obviously 
I think technology's got a bit of a bad rap, but particularly from an automation perspective where it went a little bit out of control, right? So, you know, what you're talking about here is very specific events, which means it's got context when you're reaching out, which I think is, you know, one of the brilliant reasons uh, or one of the uh, a brilliant, brilliant example for why you'd use um, Trigger. But w- where do you see this sort of playing out? Because I, I do get the sense at the moment, and certainly for my business, yes, we're using automation, but like you said, the SDR, the phone call, like the, you know, let's call it the the the, the original way of doing selling is sort of seeming to get a bit more of a uh, uh, more time in the sun at the moment. How, how do you sort of see technology and sales playing out? Yeah, so I see sort of technology and people um, going hand in hand. I think technology will help facilitate sales. I don't think the salesperson is ever going to be um, something that disappears. So I think SDRs will remain to be important. Um, Even with Trigger, the way that we look at the future and and the platform that we want to build, at the moment, we go into a company and we're sort of bound by the limitations of what the VP of sales will know. So we go in there and we say, okay, well, Mr. VP of Sales, uh, what is it that you'd like to be notified about? And they'll generally make some assumptions around what is it that drives results within their organisations, but they don't really have a data-driven approach to what's actually going to bring results for them. Um, So with our platform, what we're doing is actually plugging into your CRM system and benchmarking historical web data against your CRM data to make predictions around what's actually driving results so that we don't have to actually go in there and say, hey, what's going to drive results for you? We'll tell you what's going to drive results. And we've had some interesting um, things pop up with technology installs that um, people would have never thought of. So like 67% correlations of tech installs that lead to sales for a company that's not related at all. So the future of sales is essentially using big data to make predictions around where your salespeople should be and giving them the right context to succeed. And I think automation is is always going to be a big part of that, but automating the things that are sort of trivial and still adding that personal touch to your conversations, I think is key. So that's kind of where we see the future of sales is having the information to, to be personal, but automating all the things around it that make life easier. Yeah, I think that's it's spot on. It's sort of a hybrid and it's interesting because, you know, I come from traditional sales background, you know, Coca-Cola 18 years. So, you know, trained brilliantly, et cetera. And then I had a tech consulting business where we sold tech into agency. So for me, it's always a blend of those two. And, uh, you know, I would have loved um, back when we had our tech consulting business and we sold a particular product, I would have loved to have known what stack they had if they'd just changed their stack. Like that would have been gold, right? And uh, it wasn't available at the time and obviously it is now. Um, What about geographies, right? So we've got people watching or listening to us all over the world and they're saying, this is fantastic. You know, Tom, I can't wait to to get my hands on this. Where's it available at the moment and what's sort of the runway of where it might be available more in the future? Yeah, so um, Australia, New Zealand and Singapore for the moment. So we're essentially um, just here for now. Um, Within the next three months, we want to be live internationally. So um, the plan is to have the product available within three months in the U.S., so if you're in the US, UK, or anywhere else in the world, you'll be able to get access to to the product. Um, yeah, right. And and just for everyone, you know, that's going through the back back catalogue, so to speak. Uh, so this is uh, going to be released on the 23rd of November, 2021. So uh, if um, you know by by Christmas, it'll be a nice Christmas present. The US and the and the UK will uh, have access to this as well, which is uh, which is fantastic. And um, you know, Tom, is there 
So you talk a lot about SDRs and how they're using your product and you've talked about, you know, the use of multiple multiple devices and talked about um, Tony, how he talks about, what was it, a, a combo Combo prospecting. prospecting, which I really love. Is there anything else that you're seeing SDRs do at the moment in particular uh, with or without your product that is helping them build that pipeline, which you said is, you know, key issue? Yeah, well, it varies from company to company. The best SDRs that I've seen are the ones that are using technology um, extensively. So I'm not going to mention a particular name, but there's an SDR who has now moved up into an SDR manager role at a startup here in Sydney who I'm particularly fond of the way that he goes about his business and he uses all sorts of different technology blended in with his messaging to get results. Um, and so he actually built out his own sort of Frankenstack um, with all the technologies. And I think you would, based off the fact that using Lintelp, you would love the, um, the, the tech stack that he builds out yeah. um, to help him automate a lot of the processes early on. So it kind of depends on sort of, if you're an SDR at, at Salesforce, you're going to sell a lot differently to being an SDR at a startup. And I think in many ways, being an SDR at a startup or a smaller business gives you more flexibility around what you can and can't do and gives you more learning around the best way to approach sales because you have to actually think outside the box and do things for yourself. Um, and there are so many different tools and things that you can do. Um, even just the automation of video, one of the really cool things that we did on um, our earlier stages was we used a tool called Albacross in conjunction with Trigger with our Zapier events. Yeah. I mean, our Zapier triggers. And essentially what it does is it'll tell you which company has visited your website. And then what we would do is we had multiple different marketing funnels. So we sell our product into recruiters. Uh, they're essentially salespeople, marketers, salespeople, and founders. And so where they landed on our website was really important in determining okay, cool, this company has visited our website, but they're on the recruitment landing page. So we find the person that's in HR or this company has visited our website, but they're in the sales um, space. So we contact the VP of sales and being able to automate a LinkedIn connection request based off a company visiting your website um, is really quite cool. And these are the kind of things that are available and possible right now through um, different types of technology and connecting together. Yeah. Um, but it's the kind of stuff that you won't learn when you work for a, for a big vendor. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, that's yeah, I love that. I've written that. Well, you can tell I'm right, taking lots of notes, right? Because this is a little selfish. I'm doing it for myself and I'm doing it for my clients, but I'm also doing it for you that's listening or watching now. And uh, just one other quick question on that, um, events on LinkedIn, right? So obviously most of us do better be on, on LinkedIn. It's the place to be, according to Gary V. a couple <laughs> of years ago. He was spot on. But um, what are some trigger events that you could link LinkedIn into uh, your sales process? Ah, so just in terms of LinkedIn, like, I mean, with all the public data that comes through, it's a source of data for us as well, only the publicly accessible stuff. Yeah. But um, job postings are a huge one. So if someone's posting a role that exists within your ICP, that's huge. Um, and then obviously there's all the role changes that are important. Yeah. But one of the things that I really like, so there's, um, there's a woman by the name of Beck Holland who's, methodologies I really resonate with. And she talks about um, psychographics within prospecting at scale. And so I'd highly recommend that all your viewers go and check out um, her thoughts on prospecting at scale and how psychographics have a really big play within that. And so she talks about using uh, different attributes of a person's LinkedIn profile to help 
with the opening. Um, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to ruin it, but I think that's a, a really good way in which you can use sort of uh, LinkedIn posts and LinkedIn attributes to get better results. Um, and all of these things exist outside of the public domain. So they're behind the login wall. So the kind of stuff that we can't access, but that's some of the stuff that I'd be looking at if I was focusing on LinkedIn solely. Great. Well, we can smell the popcorn, right? So all you have to do now, because you gave us that, is that you got to go and speak to Beck to get her on the podcast so that we can have her on and then she can <laughs> go deep, deep dive into that. So uh, that'll be wonderful. Once again, we'll have all those links in the show notes that uh, Tom's been talking about. So Tom, we're going to shift gears a bit. I'm going to go into the sales habits right so you know four key questions that you can leave us on uh, or leave us lots of information on so the first one is what are the daily sales habits that help you accelerate your sales um this is just what we talked about before so um i'm obviously i've, I've moved out of a sales role so when i was running founder-led sales i would say the biggest sales habit that i sort of looked at at the time and it was something that was um pushed on me very early in my career. I was working in recruitment. And one of the things that I really enjoyed and got out of that role was not being scared of picking up the phone. Yeah. And so I worked for a, a recruitment agency and the owner said, the first thing that you need to do when you join the agency is I've got a list of, call of people that I want you to call. I just want you to pick up the phone and make 50 calls because once you do that, you won't be afraid of doing it anymore. And once that happened, um, he was dead right. Like I would literally make 60 calls a day and I would actually quite enjoy it. Yeah. And you'd start to get comfortable being rejected and get comfortable sort of on the phone. And it really comes through when you pick it up. So that's my hot tip to anyone listening is just literally get on the phone and start to be really comfortable with it because it is a really difficult thing to do initially. And even sort of uh, now uh, moving away from sales and I'm sort of more in a marketing and product role at the moment, I still like to pick up the phone just so that I can remain comfortable doing it if I ever have to. So that would be sort of my number one hot tip um, for, for salespeople. Brilliant. Well, I know you've mentioned such a great tech stack, the Frankenstein stack, et cetera, but you know, <laughs> what's one piece of technology that really helps you accelerate your sales other than Trigger? Other than Trigger, I... <sighs> I'm very biased because we actually use Trigger so um, so much within our own company. It has been a big driver for us. Um, I actually ran a presentation on technology stacks and how to use technology within early stage startups. And I think all of the technology within that would be quite useful. So I'm not going to mention just one. Um, if you don't want to spend too much on tech and you don't have the money to go into Chorus, Gong, Salesforce, um, Outreach, Sales Loft, all those kind of things. If you don't have $20,000, $30,000 a month to spend, the tools that I'd be looking at, Zapier, everyone needs a Zapier account. Yeah. Phantom Buster, super cheap. Um, and the reason why I prefer Phantom Buster over LinkedIn, I mean, Linked Helper, sorry, is that you can use data from Google Sheets to automate processes around it. So you can automate LinkedIn messages based off things that happen in the market by plugging into Trigger and other tools. Um, there's a tool called um, Retarget, which means you can add call to actions to any uh, content that you find on the web. So it could be a competitor's piece of content that you really quite like, but you can add a call to action to it. And so you can generate sales off that. Um, Albacross is another really good one. So what that tool does is it'll tell you who's actually visited your website from a company perspective by doing a reverse IP lookup, um, which I think is really cool. Another one, if you have a large team, um, Lempod 
I don't know if you've looked at that, uh, but essentially you can, if you're part of a, a LinkedIn uh, pod, essentially if you and I would like each other's posts automatically, um, so it can get really good engagement on all your social stuff. I think a social scheduling tool is also important. Um, back in the early days, we used Woodpecker for our emailing tool. I've, I could go on and on about sort of technology and little growth hacky type stuff. But maybe do. we can get a hand of uh, get a hold of that presentation that you spoke about. But yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I think there's a, a link on our website, so I'll include that. Yeah, to that, you that'd, afterwards. that'd be great. We'll put that in the show notes. But uh, lots of things. Just a quick one on Lempod. I um, you know, we have used them in the past. Just beware. Well, we're certainly made aware that it was on a bit of a hit list for LinkedIn. Yep. Um, now, I know that, you know, some of that's subjective. So I'd just say to people, just be a little wary of that. Um, it's not a professional opinion. It's not a legal opinion. It's just one that, um, yeah, you just do your research yourself before you go down that path. Um, yeah. Then the... the the last question is uh, probably the, the hardest for you because you've given so much value, but what's one, one action that we can take from today to 10x our sales? Uh, invest in your sales stack. Honestly, I think technology and technology is going to be the future of sales. I mean, people have been saying it for a long time, uh, but generally when people talk about artificial intelligence and the role that it plays on different industries, it takes some time to progress. Um, it's going to start to happen. Invest in technology to make things easier for yourself, especially if you are a, a sort of a sole operator or you have a small team. You can't afford not to automate some of the processes around your um, your sales. Yeah, and, and look, you know, for me, like I said, at Coca-Cola, we always had the best. And I think, you know, our tech stack, in particular our sales CRMs, right, there, there was a reason people was, you know, the Coke company was spending, you know, millions of dollars a year on them because they worked, right? And always some people say, well, I don't need a sales CRM. I'm like, well, if it didn't work, do you think all the other large players would have them? Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's so affordable, right? Some of the ones that you've mentioned here, the license fees, yes, they add up over time, but you know, I think it's never been a better time to tap into some of these sales tools. I think Trigger is obviously one of them you need to look at. Depends where you are in the world as to when you jump into that. And the great thing is Tom's actually going to give you a free seven-day, is that right? Yep, seven-day trial. Yeah, um, a free seven-day trial. You go to Trigger, so it's dot AI, and we'll have that link in the show notes as well. But, Tom, uh, always a pleasure of uh, learn a lot myself today i love geeking out on this stuff but i think the overall theme is like you said is that it's a combination it's a hybrid right that it is not all about just the person it's not all about the technology but it's using both and you've given us a great insight into an area that i think people are not leveraging as well as they could and everyone needs a reason to talk right that's one of the hardest things like what i say when i first go to someone and with Trigger, they you actually get that ammunition, which is brilliant. So, Tom, thanks for being on today. Thanks so much for having me. Hopefully, people got something out of it. I hope you love that as much as I did. I must admit, I collect technology. I love the symbiotic relationship of technology and people, the skills, the personal. So I really loved it. But the things that I really learned was, you know, the type of events and what can be triggered, what's public. I didn't believe how much was public until I heard that from Tom. Also around the combo prospecting, I love that. I'm going to use the phone, SMS, et cetera, and blend it into my uh, approach. And the third thing was the automation of rich contextual information. I think, you know, it's brilliant what you actually can use because there's nothing worse than reaching out cold, right? That's hard. 
but it's nothing worse if you don't have a context around it. So I think it's really good. So Tom was wonderful. Why not reach out to him and add those tools? He mentioned the ones that um, that Trigger's already part of. Why don't you reach out if one is not there and try to get it bumped up? And uh, mention, obviously, that you came from the podcast and Tom's waiting. Uh, you know, there were, uh, well, the show notes, um, all the links we put in there, as I said, and also, it'll be a key summary of all the information, and you can get a full transcription by going to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and uh, go to the episode number. Uh, I think it's 355 from memory. Yep, that's on my bit of paper, so that's right. Uh, look, you know, this is a wonderful, wonderful episode. I'm sure you learn a lot, but why not share it? Why not share it with 5, 10, 100 lots of other people so you can be a sales rock star in their mind. Also check out some of the solo shows as well where I introduce great topics around accelerating your sales and please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.